This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. You're listening to the Millennial Balance Podcast, brought to you by 105.9 The Region. I'm Shaliza Bacchus. I'm Afua Ball. What's up, everyone? We're back. We are. It's been a minute, but we are back on your airwaves again. Holla. Yeah. All right. I, I have to ask, how are you? Boy, isn't that question <laughs> loaded for everyone these days? Yeah, really. <laughs> I am okay. I am. I'm okay. I can't complain, and I try not to because I know a lot of people. They probably might be going through um, things much worse than maybe what I'm going through. So I just try to, as best as possible, look at the glass half full. Yes. So I'm okay. That's How a good way to look at things. I'm. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> I feel like at this point we're all just taking everything day by day. Yeah. And we're just we're here. We're, mm-hmm. Sometimes we're not here, yeah, but but we're here. And with that being said, we just wrapped up Mental Health Week, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't only be talking about mental health for for one week. So yeah. we wanted to continue that discussion, and to do that, we decided to bring on a very special guest to Millennial Balance, mm-hmm. Phil McCabe, who is the host of another podcast here on one hundred five nine The Region, Mental Health Moments. Hello, Philip. Hello, everybody. Very thankful to be here. We're we're lucky to have you on, and um, just thank you for joining in on this very important discussion and ongoing discussion that we should have uh, throughout the year. So, first off, we appreciate what you're doing, and you know, just highlighting mental health mm-hmm. um, on your podcast and just uh, having that discussion continue throughout this pandemic. So, Phil, you know, much kudos to you. Our hats off to you for what you're doing. Well, well, thank you for saying that. You know, I, I think a big part of mental health, as it becomes more common practice to talk about, is you know, just getting the word out there. And uh, for what it's worth, anyone that hasn't listened to the, in my podcast, I, I recommend listening to it just if for nothing else than to to feel like you're not alone in this mess. You know, I've had several interviews and almost all of them touch on feelings of inadequacy, feelings of, of dread and so on. And it's it's been uplifting for me as the host of it and hopefully for the listeners to, to hear that we are not alone in whatever struggles we're going through. Mm, absolutely. And um, touching on that point and, and expanding on that a little bit more, this pandemic has been tough on everybody in one way or another. <laughs> Let's just start off. Phil, how, how have you been through this pandemic? Um, for a long time, I thought or I, I felt like I was doing really good. I thought, oh, whatever it is, what it is, I'm staying at home. But the longer it's gone on, the more I've been put in situations like I I can't go see my partner because they were waiting for their vaccinations and they didn't want to take the chance. And it it all kind of culminated to, yes, I I think I'm just doing okay. Maybe not great, maybe not terrible, but uh, it's been an interesting experience. And if I could summarize it in a word, yeah, it would be okay. That seems to be the general consensus right now. And I mean... We've been going through this pandemic for over a year now, and I will say the feeling now is a lot different than it was a year ago. I mean, for me personally, I feel like at the beginning I was like, this is great. I'm staying home. I get to stay in my PJs all day. (laughs) Who cares? Whatever. It'll all be fine. And now a year later, it really does feel like we're living the same day over and over again. And our social interaction is minimal. We're not seeing our family or our friends or in your case, Phil, your partner as well. And it's getting to us. It's Mm -hmm. getting to a lot of people. There's more effort just to take a step. There's, I I kind of feel like there's Mm -hmm. this weird aura of exhaustion 
over, the, I mean, just even this latest wave yes. and the stay at home order and everything and everyone's trying to do their part. But in comparison to the first wave and everyone was saying, you know, those those terms are stronger together and we're all in this together. And I can't even stand, honestly, those lines I mean, <laughs> no, now, now that I like, hear it. I'm just going to bed. I can't. Yes, exactly. And you kind of felt that camaraderie and everyone coming together, trying to do their part just to really bring these numbers down. And over the course of the year and even into now, and it's almost like we're here again, yeah. almost like we've literally revisited March of 2020, mm-hmm. doing this all over again. And I and I think people knowing in their mind, too, that there's vaccinations effort, efforts ongoing. Um, but even with that, it's you you still seeing this this mountain that you sort of have to climb yeah. over to get there. It almost it's just that last leg, you know, whenever you used mm-hmm. to whoever did cross country sports and you're just going through that last leg and you're so tired. Yeah. And I think that's where we're at that. I think our mind and our bodies are just mm-hmm. so tired, but we just need to find that extra strength to push through. But let's be real. Sometimes that extra strength, where are you going to get it from? Yeah. It's hard. And, and Phil, that's what I want to ask you. What do? You, how do you feel like we can push through? Like we can get to the other side of this, like mentally. Oh well, I think from a mental health standpoint, it's very important to be reaching out to the people around you, reaching out to the people that care about you. And you know, we're all experiencing these same feelings. We're all going through the same thing. And you know, after as much as the the phrases are kind of worn out now we really are all in this together so i think from a mental health standpoint it's really important to count on the people around you and to be available for the people around you so they're not suffering in silence and thankfully we all have these mini supercomputers in the Mm -hmm. palm of our hand that we can reach out to people literally around the world we can stay connected, continue to enjoy each other's company, even if it's virtually. For instance, uh, my partner and I, while we haven't been able to see each other, we got on the phone and put on the same movie on Netflix and click start at the same time to watch a movie together to just create this feeling that we're doing something together while still being apart. That's a lovely idea. That is. <laughs> that that's oh, that melted my heart. Phil, <laughs> you saw <Fill> it. <laughs> but then on that, that wasn't note, the point of that though. But just kind of piggybacking off that thought though. Um, March of last year, we, uh, my family, lost our uh, matriarch, my my grandma Lorraine. She passed away uh, due to uh, complications from COVID. And where I'm referencing that story is what we did in the moment to still get together to still grieve as a family as we hosted just a a big zoom session and just shared stories and making it work through technology is part of what i think that we as a as a society as millennials as humans have to to do to get through to the other side of this because like afwa said we're on the home stretch and there's so many different ways that we can take care of one another while being separate Absolutely. And um, Phil, just based on the conversations that you've had, what are some of the other tips that you've heard um, that can help people sort of cope and and help improve the mental health of those who are, of course, uh, going through this pandemic? Yeah. um, Most recently, I had an interview with a former pro fighter, Justin Bruckman. He's an all around great guy. He had a very troubled youth and, you know, fighting is something that he as he described in the podcast, what something that he found therapeutic, found relaxing. And the advice he gave at the end of the show, because I always ask my guests to give a bit of advice on, on how they or what they want people to know in 
struggling moments, his advice has really stuck out. Don't be a victim, be a survivor. And his thought process was, you know, you can wake up and hate your job, hate your wife, hate whatever it is, hate your circumstances. But his thought process is always, so do something about it. You know, you're having a terrible day. Why don't you go buy groceries for the local homeless shelter or something? And eventually you start to feel better. Do something good for someone else and you will feel good in return. That's a wonderful tip. Um, and, and I've heard that a lot, too, that people find when they have a moment where they don't have to look at their life mm-hmm. and are able to pour into somebody else's life, it instantly improves yeah. their mood, instantly improves their mental health. And, and just knowing that you can help somebody else who might mm-hmm. not you know, have the things that they may need at this point, too, it, it really goes a long way in terms of just really helping one, in, uh, one another out until we all get out of this. So it's a, definitely a great point. Um, Shaliza, have and you heard of any tips? I feel like that. just going off of that, I feel like that's been a big part of why we've been so down during this pandemic, mm-hmm. because we haven't really had the option to look at anybody else's lives other than our own when we're stuck in the same four walls. Mm-hmm. You know, you get up and you're living your life every day and you're not really you're not going outside. You're not experiencing anything. So why would you think about those things yeah. when you're not outside? So I would say definitely expand your horizons and don't get stuck in that bubble. And Mm -hmm. I find myself going through this too. You know, I've got to take my own advice as well. But like I said earlier, I was like, I just want to go to bed. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's all that I want to do. If I'm not working, I was like, I just want to go to bed. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to deal with it. But, you know, as Phil said, you need to keep in touch with other people. You need to sort of keep your mind and the the ideas flowing Mm -hmm. a little bit. And, you know, that helps a lot. Just staying out of your your own head sometimes really does make a difference. I agree. Just because we've been so isolated, Mm -hmm. it's easy to do the most comfortable things, right? Anything to cope. Sleep and eat. Yes. (laughs) Sleep and eat. And Netflix, right? Anything to sort of just get you through the day. And sometimes, too, we forget, too, when you're getting through the day, the day's not coming back. You're not getting it back. That's it. It's gone. At the same time, two people have that, that argument that... I don't want this day back. Who really wants to have this day in this pandemic? Well, that day turned into a year. It really did. It honestly did. This pandemic has maybe um, made the situation that they've been in worse. It's just grown, right? And just maybe looking and seeing how can I invest in someone else? Mm-hmm. Invest my time or maybe my energy. And you know what? Even if you are feeling down, it's okay. I think sometimes, too, we forget that you don't always have to appear strong. Everybody's going through this pandemic in some way, one or another. Um, and it's okay to sort of be in your feelings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phil, does that sort of make sense? Have you heard that at all? Yeah, uh, and I was actually, I'm glad you said that because I was thinking about, you know, throughout my podcast and even throughout uh, my own mental health experience, I've, I've found what helps me not necessarily make these feelings go away but to to help work through them to help get past them is being mindful of them and acknowledging even if it's just typing out and not sending to anyone just typing out i'm having a bad day Mm -hmm. you know it's been a bad mental health day and so on and really acknowledging that these feelings are there they're real you're not crazy for thinking them you know eventually you do get through it you know we're we're stuck in this pandemic, we're stuck in this situation, but this isn't the end of our lives. This isn't the end of our day. The sun will come out again, as cheesy as that sounds. 
I mean, it's a fair point. Sometimes we need those cliches, right? (laughs) It describes the exact moment that we're in and what we're trying to get to. So Mm -hmm. I can appreciate cliches any day. (laughs) Yeah. A good cliche gets you through the day. Oh, look at that. (laughs) Trademark that. I I do what I can. (laughs) Um, If there is any sort of advice, if, if somebody's, you know, having a down day right now, maybe listening to this, and they're just in this maybe sort of cloudy space, what advice would you give them? I, I think for me, the advice I would give to anyone that's struggling right now is you don't have to suffer in silence. You're not alone in this. There is so many ways for you to to get through this, and it doesn't have to be a, a solo activity. You know, I my own mental health experience, I've gotten a lot of help and internal strength from admitting things aren't going great right now and how do I fix it? So I guess my advice would be vocalize it to anyone that will listen, even if it's just writing it down in a journal and try and remember as crummy as it may seem, there is a tomorrow, this too will pass and everything will work out. I don't know how to follow that. (laughs) Just try to keep yourself present and try to stay out of your own head and try to keep your spirits up. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Great points. Um, If I could add anything on there, maybe just to remind them that they are not their feelings and what you're feeling in that moment does not define who you are. Mm -hmm. And once you acknowledge it, know that it isn't permanent because sometimes the feelings can feel so um, large that it can just feel like this is it and this Mm -hmm. is how I'm always going to feel myself. I've gone through so many instances and experiences where it just feels like there's no way that I can get out of this. And And it it can feel like it's the end. Mm-hmm. If I could say anything to you, it's that this isn't it. It isn't permanent. It's temporary. This is why we are here. This is why we're human, right? It's to help one another. It's to support one another. So let us help each other out. Mm-hmm. I guess we got to end it off with the cliche that we are in this together <laughs> and we are, in fact, stronger together. We definitely are. Yep. And we do. We really and truly do need to support each other through this time because I know it just feels so much more heavy this time around Mm -hmm. and you know it's just it's it's one more hill to climb and hopefully we will get to the other side of this we will get to the other side of this uh phil of course uh from mental health moments that's exclusively here on uh, 105.9 the region thank you so much for joining us um in this uh conversation and giving us your insight and just uh opening up about your experiences too we appreciate you Oh, absolutely. I am happy to be here. If uh, if anyone wants to share their stories on my show or this one, by all means, reach out to the region and mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll gladly have that conversation. Thank you, Phil. And thank you guys for listening. This has been Millennial Balance right here on 105.9 The Region. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from your region and beyond. Over the past few months, we've seen events being cancelled or postponed because of the pandemic. Thankfully for technology, some have been saved, including Canadian Music Week. This year, the festival and conference are going to be in an online format between May 18th and the 21st. For more information and to register, check out cmw.net. Over the years, the festival has featured some big names like Cindy Lauper, Janet Jackson and Post Malone, alongside thousands of rising new artists.
In this episode, I'm speaking with two up-and-coming artists who will be performing this year. First up, my chat with Josh the Hunter. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. You're the only one that I turn to. Welcome to another episode of New Music on the Region. First up, I'm chatting with R&B and pop singer, songwriter, and producer Josh Sahanta, who is from Edmonton, Alberta. Josh will be performing at the Canadian Music Week Festival this month, and he recently came out with his latest single, Falling for You. Hi, Josh. Thank you for joining me on New Music on the Region podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So first off, congratulations on the new single. What was the inspiration behind Falling for You? Thank you. Um, yeah, Falling for You is actually a song I wrote um, last year, and I was working with a Winnipeg producer on it and just thought it would be a good time to put it out now. Um, it was just inspired by like the idea of falling in love again with somebody that you've been with for a long time and just a bit of a, a wholesome re-falling in love with somebody you've spent a lot of your life with. And is this a song that you wrote during the pandemic or was this something that was in progress from before? This was in progress before, actually. So we started the whole project in February of 2020. And that was actually the last trip that I took before the pandemic hit was to Winnipeg to work on this song um, with the producer that I co-produced it with. So it was it was kind of funny because that is the last time I've been on an airplane since everything has gone down. We feel your pain. I think everybody yeah. does. And I'm sure as an artist, the past year has been tough for you because of the pandemic. For example, you're used to being in front of a crowd, performing live. You've opened for music artists like Scott Hellman. What do you miss the most um, experiencing as an artist over the past year? Definitely, I've started missing live shows, especially lately. I've kind of just been focusing on production and writing over the pandemic, but live performance has definitely been a part that I took for granted as I did it so often. And for the first little while, actually, it was nice to have a break from it. But now I've definitely been missing it. And I've been missing just the whole engagement with other people and, and like signing CDs and stuff like that. So that's been, it's been weighing on me lately, especially that live shows are still not a thing. Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised about that too. You know, last year, like you were saying, you know, we're well, we're still optimistic, but, you know, you have that feeling of we're going to get through this. It is what it is. And now, you know, we're in our third wave and we're kind of, like you said, yearning that normal seat. So um, so you said you picked up producing during the pandemic. Is that something that you're doing more of now? Yeah. So I've been producing my own music for a while and I kind of just really went into it fully during the pandemic um, as it was already something I've been developing. So now I'm essentially a full-time producer. I'm producing for about 13 different artists right now wow. and for their albums, EPs, singles, uh, you name it. And so that's been my main source of income during the pandemic. And of course, writing has been a huge source as well. And yeah, so I've been focusing mostly on that. And every project, of course, is just a building of familiarity with production. And it's it's been great, honestly. Like it's it's a different change of pace for me because I am so used to playing live but um i i love it it's it's a great learning experience and it's kind of a nice new avenue that i have once things do open up again as well and i read that your song take all i am was used on season two of the netflix original show the order and your other song summertime was used on the first season of tiny pretty things first off thank you for that because I have two new shows that I could possibly watch on Netflix. Because oh, nice. I'm running out of <laughs> things to watch um, while in quarantine mode. And uh, so how did that all come about? 
That was networking at its finest. I met a music supervisor who came and did a panel here in Edmonton. I want to say that this was probably now in 2018. And her name is Natasha Dupre, and I met her at this conference. And we just kind of got talking, and she asked me what kind of music I made, and I said it was very similar to, like, Ed Sheeran. And she got really excited about that, and she said, I've always been looking for someone who sounds like Ed Sheeran but who isn't as expensive as Ed Sheeran. (laughs) And um, she asked me to send her some of my music, and... I think those were just the two songs that she immediately gravitated towards. And essentially she reached out to me directly, I would say a year later. And um, within actually a month, she sent me two contracts for both of those shows. So yeah, it was honestly just making a connection and just keeping in touch with her throughout the years. You never know what may come out of it. Exactly. Yeah. And you have a virtual performance coming up at the Canadian Music Week Festival, which is taking place between May 18th and the 21st. Can you give us a little hint of what we could expect from your set? Yes, it's a full band performance. Um, We filmed it in a studio here called Hey You Studio, and it's the last band performance that I've done um, in a very long time. And yeah, it's what my sound should sound like. It's in the ideal circumstances. If you were to come see me in concert, that is what it would sound like. And it's a full band and brand new songs on that set. I I loved it. I I wish I could go back and and do that performance again just because it was so much fun. So really looking forward to people seeing that finally. And are there any upcoming projects that our listeners can look forward to? Uh, Yes. So I'm actually working with a a record label in the UK right now on a covers project. So they've basically hired me to do five different acoustic covers of some popular songs right now. So I'm working on that right now. And then also... Falling for You is the first song out of my five-song EP that is also coming soon. So that is currently in the works. The songs are pretty much finished at this point. It's just a matter of planning around other releases and, and finding a release date that works for everything. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot coming up. I'm also doing a project with Warner USA. So there's a. It's an endless amount of content coming pretty soon. Very excited about that. That's great. And is the EP coming this year, or do you expect it in uh, 2022? It'll definitely be this year. I would say probably within the next two months. If listeners want to connect with you online, what's the best way they could do that? Instagram is probably where I'm most active. And my Instagram is just at Josh Sahanta. I'm also on TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, every basically everywhere. <laughs> it was great speaking with you, Josh. Looking forward to your set at Canadian Music Week. Thank you so much. For more on Josh's performance and the festival schedule, check out cmw.net slash festival. Next, my chat with Elise Saunders. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. I'm speaking with country music singer and songwriter Elise Saunders. She's set to hit the Canadian Music Week Festival stage, which starts in just a few days. Elise is joining me on the line now. Hi, Elise. How are you? Hi, Christina. I'm well. How are you? Good. Before we get into your single and your festival set, how did you get started in music and what drew you to country music specifically? Where it started was actually singing competition. I did that for a number of years and then found my very first mentor, Stil Ross, and he took me to Nashville and showed me the ropes and we recorded my very first album. And I was pretty young uh, when I had that opportunity, but I had some great things happen where I was able to open up for Derek Rattan in front of a crowd of 10,000 people. And for me, that was my big break. And I guess where I really felt like if I could do that, then I could do this. And then I spent 
uh, a number of years developing as a songwriter, as an entertainer, to really get to the point that I am today that I feel so confident in what I do. And as an independent artist, you learn about all the different sides of the industry and wear a lot of many hats. And as I've expanded and I've grown and I've moved on and I've worked in all these different cities, for me, having my roots in Peterborough is where my countryside comes from. It's just the lifestyle. And really early on when my producer mentor asked me, are you into country music or pop music or rock music? I loved and I still love all types of music, but country music is where I felt like was home for me and where I could be myself and felt natural to me. And when writing a song, does it mostly come from personal experience or do you draw from inspiration around you like friends and family? Yeah, I would say it's a combination of both. I do like to write from personal experience, but I like to write in a way that's relatable to people, so not to keep it too specific to my story, but I definitely get inspired by people around me and and movies and other people's music. Um, And it just, I guess, the voice of the songwriter is me, but I just share different experiences from around me. And you just moved to Toronto, I, I read about a month ago, and before that you were living in Richmond Hill for over 10 years. Our radio station is, right. is based in Woodbridge. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. Um, not too far from Richmond Hill. And is there anything that you miss from Richmond Hill or York Region area, or is it pretty much the same living in Toronto? Toronto's not that far, but anything specific? Yeah, yeah I definitely know uh, your guys' area for sure. And actually growing up, I spent a lot of time in Woodbridge because my dad had a business there. So yeah. I've always known the area really well funny how I ended up landing in Richmond Hill and what I missed the most is um, my friends and it just it felt like home I guess for being there for so long I just it feels like you kind of lose your roots a little bit by moving away but mostly just the people and friends. Despite the downs I'm sure you experienced as an artist over the past year because of the pandemic there have been many ups for you as well including you're nominated for two country music association of Ontario awards female artist of the year and rising star of the year congratulations on that. And, Thank you. And your latest single, Wind Down, on its release date, made the number one spot on Amazon's Breakthrough Country playlist and has already received over 90,000 streams on Spotify alone. How did Wind Down come about? What was the inspiration behind it? So that one came about from a writer's trip to Nashville as a country artist. I mean, every country artist from Canada, usually we all end up going to Nashville at some point and I've been going there back and forth for about 10 years developing as a songwriter and I just found that being in that scene you can just take away so much just from watching the live music there and you're rubbing shoulders with all the same people like like like-minded people that are from your industry and it's such a hub and funny enough you end up running into a lot of Canadians while you're there too so there was a group of us songwriters that wanted to go to Nashville and I've always done it as a road trip and there were some dates that we went off and we did writing on our own and there was some that we did together and uh, one of the co-writers his name is Daryl Scott who I've known for a number of years we met up with a new friend at the time Joey Green who later went on to The Voice and we had said we really wanted to write before we had to head back home so we had one day left and uh, we set this up with Joey and we had the title Wind Down which Daryl had mentioned on our, our way there and I said save that one for me I want to write that one with you just loved the title and immediately I could picture all of the double meanings of winding down with a good glass of wine and just winding down with your loved one and the song ended up turning into something that I feel is has a lot of texture so when you're listening to it it feels like you're watching a movie and just really capturing like the, the taste the feel the touch I love to write songs that way so I've had this one for about two years now and I was just really waiting until I had the right finances together and the right team to really showcase it 
because I've, I've always thought it was a special song. You have a virtual performance coming up at the Canadian Music Week Festival, which is taking place between the 18th and the 21st of May. Something different this year, because I've actually been going to Canadian Music Week for a number of years, and they've been so supportive to me. And so, yeah, it's different that it's virtual this year, but it'll be a lot of fun. Can you give us some insight on what your set will look like? So it's going to be one to two songs, and it's going to be a fully produced production at DC Music with Roadhouse Productions, and uh, we'll be full bands. There's six of us with COVID restrictions, so we're going to be all spread out. So it'll be a little bit different than what you would see in person, but it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're all about capturing all the different angles and making it really dynamic so it feels like you're there with us. And are there any projects that you're currently working on that our listeners can look forward to? So I do have an EP coming out with Factor Canada and Creative BC. I was fortunate enough to be able to get that because recording music is super expensive and I'm working mm-hmm. with some amazing producers, Dan Swinimer and Paul Chateau and David Wills. So it's neat to have multiple producers on this project. But right now it just seems like we're in such a, a singles release world that mm-hmm. um, it was neat to be able to try these different sides of me with different producers. So it's going to be around six songs. And that's going to be coming out in the fall time. And before then, I'm going to be releasing some more singles. So I do have a brand new summer single, Sunshine State of Mind. And then to follow, we'll have a music video, we'll go to radio and all that fun stuff. Awesome. We're looking forward to it. And if listeners want to connect with you online, what's the best way they could do that? At my website, elisesaunders.com. And they can find my other places I'm on too, like Facebook and Instagram. I'm on TikTok as well. It was great speaking with you, Elise. Looking forward to catching your performance at Canadian Music Week. Thank you so much, Christine. I appreciate it. For more on Elise's performance and the festival schedule, head on over to cmw.net slash festival. Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.